Hello everyone, this is Isaac Petrie. Welcome to the podcast. Be ready to be encouraged and enlightened as we discuss spiritual solutions for everyday life. Kingdom Conversations. Listen, we are coming remote. I am Isaac Petrie. That is... <laughs> Uh, yes, sir. I'm Aaron Petrie. <laughs> and so we are going to be talking to you today about a balanced approach. So I'm going to give you just one moment to join us um, and thank God for technology because he is about eight hours away. <laughs> Something like that. Uh, six. Six, six, seven, uh, eight, whatever. What? Yeah. We are going to be coming to you um, remotely because we want to talk about some of the things that have been going on in the earth. Now, if we are having some slight technical difficulties, then please forgive us because I hear some noise in the background and I don't know where it is coming from. Last time it was your situation, Pastor Ira uh, Petrie. Yeah. Hey, so can you lean a little closer to your microphone or something that I can barely hear you or turn it up a little bit? Can you barely make sure the saints are able to hear you? Can you hear me now? Yeah, I can hear you just Good. a little bit better. And listen, let's dive on into this. Many of you will end up watching this a little bit later. Um, and, and hopefully you will get some real information because as I said, when I talked about the frustrations that I've had going through all of this time is that it's been difficult for me sitting back watching all of the things that are happening in uh, the earth and not being able to have a very balanced approach to everything. And so that has been my biggest issue. And so what we want to do today is bring a balanced approach to all of from the pandemic to the race issues to the church, to how we see these things, how we function with these things is is that's what we want to talk about. And and so now let me just start off by saying I love truth. Because truth doesn't take a side. The yeah. truth is truth. It is just basically uh, moral. It is the line. And then people have to line up with the truth. And what we see in all of these situations is this, this tendency for people to want to take a side with either black or white or evangelical approach or gospel approach or stay shut in or open up or what to do, how to handle this or on politics, you know, red, blue, right, left, you know, Democrat, Republican, all of these things. And the difficult thing about that is truth does not pick a side. Therefore, it is my goal to, to bring everybody off of taking sides. And 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 find the truth and then get on the truth side. And that's been difficult to do um, for people because I don't know what's so hard about it. For me, it's easy, but I don't understand what's so difficult about it for people to be able to have a balanced approach and then bring whatever you hear and line it up with truth and go from there. And so that's where we're headed today. I want to see if you want to add a little bit onto that, and then we'll jump into the pandemic, the racial issues, and, and the things in the church, the whole political structures, and all of those things. But that's kind of what the preface is. So I'll I'll let you dive in and say something about that. No, I think you're I think you're absolutely right about that. Can you hear me well? First, of yeah, all, I, I got you. Okay. Mm -hmm. uh, no, I, I don't. I don't think I can add anything to that intro. I think uh, it's a very important thing to talk about because we are seeing a lot of uh, uh, not not just a loss of balance, but seemingly a loss of appreciation for what the truth actually is. 
right. you know, about any given subject or situation. So, no, I, I think you're, you're, you're right on. Good. I think I had you um, come up a little too close. Your head's kind of cut off. So move back okay. just a little so they can see you in all your glory. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's my fault. I moved you up too, too close. Okay. So now, one of the frustrating things about, let's just start with the pandemic first, because, okay. and then we're going to move into the racial issues. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, it, it's difficult for me as a Christian person to look at the pandemic and everything that's going on in the earth, where we've got this virus that comes out of China one way or another, it gets out of China, whether it was bioweapon, whether it was a leak through a lab or whatever, the virus gets out. Now, the approach from the church, because I always focus on the church, you look to the church for some type of leadership and guidance and a clear message on all of this, on how to attack it and what to do to be able to drive it off of the earth and do our part as the body of Christ in responding to a global crisis. One of the things that has frustrated me is that we deal with viruses. <laughs> and, and I'm going to say this in a, in, a, in a way that most people who are not in the body of Christ don't, won't understand what I'm saying. It, it's not the government's job, you know, to deal with diseases and sickness and all of that. Now, don't get me wrong. We got CDC, we got vaccines, we got all of that. But we have the healer. And his name is Jesus. <laughs> we have the deliverer and his name is Jesus. We have the protector. We have the God over nations. We have the God that's able to drive back the plagues and stop the plagues. And instead of us having a balanced approach of saying, OK, we understand that this is an issue. It's a global issue. This is an issue that deals with with uh, the vulnerable. This is an issue that deals with, with life and death. And that our government has a responsibility to respond and do what they do and make sure they put all measures in place. But over here, our responsibility has to be, okay, we're going to take the spiritual ground and we're going to do the work in the spirit. And one of the things that has frustrated me to know in is having a unified church that hasn't been able to do our part in the spirit. And we're sitting around blaming everything on the government or on mayors or on, 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 on the White House, on you know our state houses, and, and they have a job to do and they need to do it. But in the realm of the spirit where we, where we are responsible, we're not doing our job. Because there's too much talk and not enough prayer. You're talking about sheltering in place. <laughs> we, we need to shelter in prayer. <laughs> and, and that's our responsibility. And if we put these two things together, I believe we can have a breakthrough. Because that would be the kingdom model. There is a spiritual side and a natural side. And that's the balance. So talk to me about what, what I just said. And tell me if that lines up with scripture precedent. No, I believe you. I believe you're right on. I think there's something that <clears throat> that has to be has to be understood about us as the church. Of course, we understand the grace of God. We understand God's provision of healing, deliverance, um, authority. We understand all that we have in Christ. But now, in a society that you know, by and large, there are many people who will never accept Jesus. There are people who don't know anything about the, the healing grace of God. They don't know anything about the delivering grace of God. They don't know right. anything about the authority of the believer, the name of Jesus or any of these things. And so in a society that aims to be a Christian society, to be a society based upon Judeo-Christian ethic, we have institutions set up to be an expression of God's common grace to the everyday ordinary man. Therefore, you have government, you have charitable 
institutions that that do things like the Salvation Army and you have the Red Cross and you have all you have so many different things in society that are to be an extension of God's common grace to everyday man. So we want these institutions strong. You want a government that can respond to the needs of its people. You want a government that can respond to the the the, the lowly, the disenfranchised, the people who are the most sick in, in terms of this COVID thing, dealing with everyone as much as possible. But now that's institutionally that portion of our society that, that is an extension of God's common grace, a goodwill toward man, I would say, according to the word of God, goodwill toward man, that we wanna, we wanna create a world that is able to meet man's needs in a very practical, pragmatic sense. But for us in the kingdom, who then have access to knowledge and to the supernatural aspect, right. right? That's where we come in. We say to the institutions and the government, do your practical, pragmatic job. Right. But over here, we're going to do our job of making sure we occupy in the spirit. You know, when Jesus said to us, occupy until I come, right? Now that spoke that that's a when you when you use the word occupy now of course in that particular verse of scripture it's talking about transaction or or is actually kind of a more of a business term, but occupy is also used as a military term, right? <laughs> in other words, so so in in either way, God is saying to His church to make sure that we spiritually are engaged, that we're always engaged, we're always on our mark because if the church steps off of its pedestal that Jesus put it on to occupy in the spirit, it doesn't matter what they're doing in the practical and pragmatic right. institutions. Absolutely. Because, because they won't have the prayer support, the spiritual underpinning, if you would, to be successful in their endeavors. And see, and this is what the church has to recognize. We can't afford to get into the strife. We can't afford to get into the, to the, to the, uh, the name calling and the finger pointing and all of that stuff. We have to maintain our position in the spiritual because that is where we have the greatest influence upon what's going on in the natural. Right. But when we step down out of that place and we move into this place of being argumentative or, or, or fault finding and what have you, and we get into the carnal about it, we lose our influence. We, we in essence lose our savor. Absolutely. And so, and so this is where we, we have to make sure. And I, I think that's very powerful because I think that's the balance that would allow us to have a much more effective response to things like this when they happen. Absolutely. And um, for those that are just watching, we're talking about a balanced approach to this pandemic, a balanced approach to racial issues and everything that's happening in the earth realm. Now, I want to share uh, just a little bit more about this. OK, you, you've got the churches because we need a balanced approach and i'm having a little i believe technical difficulty out of my mic so i might switch it as you go off to try to see if i can clear up some of that clicking uh noise but now so you've got the church because now we need a balanced approach that we've number one got to do the spiritual things because jesus said binding and loosing is in the church even in the old covenant, he said, if my people, then I would remove that plague. So now we've got to do the spiritual end. But then now the balanced approach is we do have a pandemic in the earth. We've got churches who have congregations of large numbers of people. And so now that things are opening up and the church needs to open up and get the word out and, and everything, try to get back to a sense of normalcy. There are two prevailing issues on this, which I think lack balance, meaning there is this side that says, okay, everybody else coming out, let's go, let's get out, let's do it, let's do it. And then you've got this side that says, oh no, we need to just stay locked down, don't even do that because of the possibility of the spread of the virus. The virus is real. We don't need to be doing this. Once again, why are there two <laughs> different sides of this? <laughs> why is there not a balanced approach <laughs> that says, okay, we realize that things are opening up and we're coming out. However, 
we need to assess what the situations are in our local jurisdictions, in our cities, in our counties, because every state is different. Every city is different. Every county is different. And every church is different. You've got churches who don't have a lot of space. You've got churches that have a lot of space. You got churches with high ceilings. You can stay socially distanced and all of that kind of thing. Then you have churches who don't. But once again, there is this division about do you or do you not? And once again, bring balance to the people. Help them, Pastor. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it, it it really depends on, like you said, it depends on who you are and where you are and what, what your particular specific circumstances uh, communicate to you and your congregation. But I, I go back to something in, in the word of God where um, where Jesus, you know, Jesus is getting getting ready to leave. And um, he is talking to his disciples and he leaves with his disciples some some parting words and some some last minute instructions, Not, along with go tarry in Jerusalem till you be endowed with power. He speaks to Peter and he asks Peter three times, you know, the story, do you love me? And he's and he says, yes, Lord, you know, I do. And he says, well, feed my sheep. And so he does this three times to Peter. And at the end of it, after Peter goes through this process three times, he then turns around. Peter does. And he looks at John and he asks Jesus, what about this disciple? What is he what is he to do? And Jesus said to him, uh, what does it matter to you if I want him to live until I come? Wow. He said, you follow me. <laughs> now, that's what Jesus said. And, yeah. and it's the same. I think that same wisdom applies to to pastors and preachers and ministers. Uh, what is it to you if one pastor opens and another keeps it closed? You follow Jesus. You follow what is specific to you, your congregation and what is wisdom for you. Uh, right. and, and there's there's too much of this concern collectively. I don't know whether it's a worry that uh, somebody else stepping out of the boat is going to make you look like you, you're faithless or, or what it is. I don't, I don't know. But at the end of the day, we all have specific, unique situations in this whole thing. There are counties and undoubtedly areas in which people have churches that have relatively very low uh, uh, outbreaks. Yeah. And now are you are you to look at that church and put that church or that pastor under this blanket assumption that, no, it would just be totally unwise. No, I think they have to do what Jesus said to Peter. You have to follow him. And it's and it's and, it, and it's asking that same question. You know, what is it to you what the other person does? And right. so I think that's the balance in all of this. If you're in a metropolitan area and you've got a large uh, congregation and you can't bring all your people in and it's just not, it's not wise. It's not cost effective. It's not realistic to turn on all of that stuff. And you can only get 50 people in your building or whatever, then maybe not. But if you're someone, if you're a congregation that can open at some point, given all the traffic that's going on now to where we're, we're going to stores. And I mean, we've, we've kept the church completely, pretty much completely closed mm -hmm. and we're seeing spikes. So it's not so much the church, Right. It's not so much gathering in the house of God. So I think it, it belongs to every person that's involved, wherever you are, in whatever particular locale you, you exist in to assess what's uh, wise for you. And then don't be afraid to do it, whether that's to sit still and keep streaming or whether that's to start bringing in more of your, your congregation. OK, last thing, and then we'll get off this pandemic pandemic and move to the racial and in all of the unrest. So. The last thing I want to say about this is that there is a pandemic mm -hmm. that needs great attention, that people need to do whatever they can to follow the CDC guidelines, social distance, wearing masks, all of that. But then there's also the fear, the fear where you must be careful but not fearful because fear of this, the way the media has reported it is almost like a death sentence. I mean, it's like, if you catch it, wow, you know, and ooh, and, and as believers and as the body of Christ, we have to understand that this is not bigger than God. No. And, and nothing that hits the earth is greater than God. 
And the same healing power um, that deals with anything is the same healing power that deals with everything. And mm. so we can't walk in fear because we're the church. Yes. I mean, I mean, if, if we lose, if we lose, and if we're fearful, if we're afraid, well, what if I catch it? What if you do? If mm. you do, we're going to believe God. You're going to rest. You're going to live. <laughs> You're going to be okay. You're going to yeah. come out of it. And so the, the whole fear thing has to be counterbalanced with the caution, which our caution doesn't turn into fear. Because we, we know from a spiritual perspective, when you start being fearful of these things, oh, diseases, yeah. and I don't want to get into too much of a spiritual component, but, but there's power to heal. Let me just stick with that. And so we have to start preaching the message of healing and protection, just like we're preaching, oh, be careful now, stay away, make sure you don't, because then it'll get to a point where people are afraid to do anything. And at some point, we are going to have to all come out of the house. I mean, it, yes, that's the bottom line. We just as much in the blood and in the protection as mm. you do in the ability for disease to harm you. And that's the message we should be trumpeting more than anything in this hour. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. I mean, do we dwell in the secret place or not? Yeah. And if you if you read the psalm in Psalm 91, it, it does not promise you a uh, disease free environment. <laughs> it, it does not promise you a plague-free environment it does not it does not say that what it says to you as those who dwell there is that there is protection for you right that there is covering for you that is the promise and uh and you're absolutely right i mean i know myself my family here we are like i said in the middle of doing some travel and uh i i, I follow the guidelines i'm respectful of other people i think we should all do that and and be and be watchful about what we're doing but at the same time we have to live because staying in has its own set of repercussions and consequences on a person's health it has its own repercussions and consequences for for just sitting and and, and waiting for something to break for you which you know it may never it may never break if you if you let the media tell you the media is right. not going you you you're going to be scared of every booger man that's coming Absolutely. to the next corner once you round this corner. So at some point, the believer has to really assert themselves uh, and assert themselves in their faith and say, okay, that doesn't mean I'm going to be reckless. It doesn't mean I'm going to be careless. It doesn't mean this isn't real. It doesn't mean it's it's a false narrative. But it means that I cannot sit here. I have to I have to balance this out by not, like you say, getting into fear over this to where it paralyzes me because you're you're opening Pandora's box when you start getting in, into the paralysis of fear and what it can do in your life. Yeah. So, so careful, but not yeah. fearful. And Absolutely. because the media doesn't balance all of those reportings, you know, they show all the death, no. all the people that have no. died, but they don't balance it. That this thing has something like what a 90 over 95 percent recovery rate, yes. to it, which yes. means you're going to get through it. If, yeah. if you don't have real health issues and struggles, for the most part, you're going to get through it. And so it's nothing to 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 be so fearful about like that name just that name covid you know or that name corona you know i mean good lord some of you are dealing with things that are much more serious than that you oh, yeah. know in 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 your health right now you you're dealing with diabetes you're dealing with other things and stuff that's much more yes, you know almost devastating than that but that one word because of the way we've heard it over and over and over that boy if that virus the virus if you catch it it's like no if you catch it you're gonna be healed yeah and like that, i was and that's the way you've got to balance the careful with not being fearful mm -hmm. yeah and uh and that's that's why i alluded to this very early on when we started talking about this months ago 
was like people have to be very wary of the psychological uh, and mental imprint of watching a counter. Right. Uh, when, when people sit there and they watch these death tolls and they watch these cases rise and they're watching daily and constantly, it can give you the impression it's growing around you like grass. You know, right. when people people start to live with a very palpable fear. So it's no longer I'm going to be educated about this. I'm going to get informed and I'm going to be cautious and respectful. And it moves over into a, a state of, of paralysis from fear. And, and we don't we don't want to be there. So the balance is the message that comes from the church is we have a pandemic. Mm -hmm. We got a number one attack it with prayer. We've got to pray. Yes. Pray. Pray. Yeah. That's greater than a vaccine. Absolutely. Prayer. That's great. That's greater than social distance. Prayer. We got to do it because what happens is I'm feeling like you're getting the church that's becoming so skeptical and cynical about it mm -hmm. that that we're we're harping more on the measures mm -hmm. than we are on the on the power of God. Mm -hmm. And 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 there has to be a balance to this thing. And then when it comes to approaches like our church, we're not open. Why? Because in our county, there has been a spike in cases in Texas. There has been a huge spike in cases. And so it's not an issue of faith or anything like that. It's an issue of while this thing is spiking and 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 while it's spiking in the county, then let's just maintain coming all together because I'm not afraid of anybody catching it in Christ Nation's church. <laughs> but the issue is not catching it there. The issue is you could be bringing it there sure. and not even yeah. know it. And so let's just use the balance. Let's use the balance as things are spiking in certain areas, in certain um, cities, and then get to a point where when you feel a, a go from God, say, hey, look, we've got to believe God. We're going to trust God. And then the message from the church has got to be in. He's a healer. He's a deliverer. He's a healer. He's a deliverer. He's a healer. He's a deliverer. Whenever you talk about the virus, also talk about that he is a healer and he is a deliverer. You got to put that out there just as much. And I'm talking to the body of Christ. So now as we move, oh, it's been so frustrating. <laughs> just watching people who can't seem to have a balanced approach about anything. Yeah. You know, they just got to pick one side or the other and fuss and fight about it. And no, just use the wisdom and the word of God. Now, so now we're moving into this racial thing. I cannot tell you, I'm going to be transparent. I can't tell you how frustrated I have been trying to follow the, the believers, the body of Christ. And I know I'm not the only one and I'm not saying it like I have the right concepts or anything like that. But I have been so frustrated trying to follow the church because there is so much imbalance with everything that's going on. Uh, we can't seem to stay in the middle of the road when it comes to situations. So now let's deal with this whole racial thing. And I want to throw a few things at you and I want you to give the balanced perspective on it starting with just race period and then move into because now we're into America and America's racist and systemic racism, police brutality, Black Lives Matter. You, you keep going down the list, down the list, down the list of all of these things that have happened. You know, the rioting, the looting, the, the, the revolution, the movement, all of these things. And I am so frustrated because out of what I call national voices, it's almost like we got to say this or that, that if you say this and that, then something's wrong with you. It, 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 I mean, something's wrong with you. If you take, if you, if you say this and you say that, then they say, no, you can't say that with this. You, you got to just talk about this. You, you can't say that. <laughs> and it's just like, how come we can't say it all? How come we really can't have an honest discussion about it all? 
And so now the whole racial issue, the things that you've seen, give me some things that would bring a balanced kingdom approach to all of the things that you've seen. <laughs> uh, well, I know it's impossible, but yeah. give me what you got. <laughs> we got yeah, you, you, it. <laughs> you, you have asked the unanswerable question. Uh, but, you know, I can I can I can I pause for a second and just give you something that's been really percolating in my spirit. Absolutely. Actually. Uh, and, and it pertains to this. It pertains to uh, everything that we're dealing with today. The Holy Spirit has just been uh, dealing with me in my heart. This phrase, the foolishness of preaching. Yeah. The foolishness of preaching. And, I, and I've been walking around and I've been meditating on that in, over the last couple of days. And, you know, you, you've been preaching this and you've, you've done a great job of explaining this to our congregation, our church and others. And you've been preaching on the the Hebrew calendar in the Hebrew year five seven eight zero, uh, being the, the our calendar year in the Hebrew, and it's the the year of the mouth, right? And it's the, and you can correct me if I'm wrong because you 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 yeah. you define these things, the year of the mouth, and uh, and starting a decade really of of the mouth and the importance of of the mouth, and uh, as I was meditating on that, I, I was never really. I'll say I was never really satisfied in my heart and in my spirit um, to just believe that this is a time of prophetic declaration mm-hmm. because because I could see in scripture that the the prophetic is not necessarily uh, relegated to a season or, or time. The power of confession is not necessarily uh, relegated to a season or time. And so I knew that was involved. But I just kept I just kept meditating upon it, and the Holy Spirit began to deal with me about that phrase, which which comes from First Corinthians, when he talks about uh, the to preach the cross to those that don't believe it's foolishness to them, mm-hmm. right? And um, and then in Titus, Paul talks about how God wanted to make known His word or make known His plan by preaching, mm-hmm. and uh, I begin to think about the fact that now, if you'll notice in all of society. The real issue that has emerged in this year of the mouth has been a fighting over the control of the narrative, right? Yeah. What is said, what is believed. There is, there is a conflict and a battle over the spoken word. Now, m- many times we don't, we don't realize that everything in this world is really dominated by the spoken word. Uh, the spoken word influences policy in the White House. The spoken word influences the convictions in your own house. The spoken word influences the curriculum in the, in the schoolhouse. It is literally the influential component of all of life that everything has a narrative. Much of the racial tension that we're seeing break out is not just from a, a series of interactions with police officers between black men that ended in their death. What you're also seeing, and what a lot of people don't realize, is there's been a strong racial narrative. There's been a spoken word, there's been written word, there have been books, there have been things that have come out in the in the last several years that have been uh, uh, pushing the narrative of being an anti-racist, pushing the narrative of uh, white supremacy, uh, AKA white privilege. There's been this narrative that has exploded onto the scene in the last several years. And it's the spoken word that begins to set the track for how we respond. And you know, this is one of the reasons why, like you talk about balance, we haven't been able to find balances because it's what Paul said to the, the church at Ephesus. That was the purpose for the, the ministry gift, that they would be no longer children tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. Now, mm-hmm. notice he called it a wind, right? Now, now, what happens when a wind is really strong? It's hard to balance. Wow. It's hard to find balance. It's hard to find a place. To oh, that's stand. good stuff. It's hard to find a place. Yes, sir. It's hard to find a place to stand because there's a constant pressure 
from the wind. And, and, and what we don't realize a lot of times is we're caught up in a vortex of crosswinds of narratives. And this is why so many people, if they don't drop their anchor, it's like a ship out at sea. If they don't drop their anchor on the objectivity of the Bible and its truth about race and anything else, you're going to be blown here and there. You're going, to, wow. you're going to be blown off balance into extreme responses. Right. You see? And so this is one of the reasons why, because as the body, we have to drop our anchor on what thus saith the Lord about race. And so the balance is always out of one blood. God made all, all, to, made all nations to dwell on the face of the earth. We also understand the unity that Christ brought. That there would be no no Jew, no Gentile, no 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 bond nor free, right? No male nor female, and it speaks to his unity. We also see the unity he brought between both Jew and Greek, right? The Gentile world versus the Jews. That Jesus is the unifier; he is the reconciler. If right. we don't start with what he offers, then we haven't dropped our anchor. So wow. we're a ship out at sea with no anchor, right? looking to find balance in the midst of strong winds. Mm. And so it, it won't happen. It will never happen. It, it will never, ever, ever happen. Until and, okay, go ahead. Finish that. Until and, the church and, drops his anchor on the truth. And, and you're ahead. right. And the reason is, is because it hadn't happened. No. And, and, and it hadn't happened in all this time. We're in 2020. And we're we're talking and acting like it's 1960 or 1950. And so and so the issue is what has happened or what has not happened to bring all of this change that we feel like we need. And I'm going to tell you what I feel like it is. Mm -hmm. It is because we're trying to get a worldly system to produce what only kingdom people can produce. And so if you're not going to bring Jesus into it, you ain't going to have no change. I, I don't care. I don't care what laws you try to pass. I don't care. I don't care how many protests, how many marches you have. It don't matter how many buildings you burn down until Jesus gets in the center of all of the conversation for change. It is not going to happen because only he has the power to bring a regeneration in the hearts of people that legislation could never do. Yeah. And if the church would get out with the message about Jesus and lifting that message up, my issue has been, okay, you come out strong. You, you come out, and I'm talking to the church dominantly, and for those that are joining this conversation, please forgive me for our technical difficulties, but we're in the middle of it now. So <laughs> I got to roll with it. So just yeah. ignore it. My issue is that if you're going to come out, if you're going to speak out, if you're going to do all these things, if you're going to march, if you're going to get on Facebook, if you're going to talk, if you're going to do all of this, my whole issue has been, what is the balance to that? It, the balance is what are you going to say? Hmm. What, what are you, what are you bringing to the table? What would Jesus say about all of this? What would he say about everything? And the issue is this, is that you had people who came out strong to condemn. And we had an issue of Polish brutality that we're dealing with. The balance to me is this is about police brutality. Stay right there. Mm -hmm. Stick with police brutality. Stick sure. with the police departments. Stick with reforming the police. Stick with a conversation of Romans 13, teaching people what the word of God says about people who are in authority. Mm -hmm. If you're not going to bring that to the scene and bring the word of God to the scene to address the issue and try to bring a kingdom a kingdom conversation into all of this, just legislation without any kingdom 
initiation, it's not going to produce a change. Why? Because you can't get wickedness out of men without Christ. These are issues of right and wrong. They're not issues of black and white. That's right. <laughs> I mean, goodness gracious. These are not issues of black and white. These are issues of right and wrong. And if yeah. you're going to deal with right and wrong, you have to bring righteousness on the scene. Mm -hmm. And so in, in, in the reason I know these are not just issues between black and white, it's because these issues are happening everywhere. They're not just happening with policemen. They're happening with people. They're happening with black people on black people, white people on white people, Hispanic on Hispanic. These are right and wrong issues. We've made them into white and black issues. And yeah. if you're going to deal with right and wrong, then you got to bring the gospel on the scene to address the wrong. And so that is the balance. Number two, let's move into how your conversation, what you just said, you can't be heard. Meaning at some point, <laughs> the issue becomes who you going to listen to and what perspective you're going to take, because it's yeah. got to be this or that. It, it can't be this and that. It can't be you and somebody else. It's got to be you or. See, because certain people listen to what you say, listen to what I say, and they just turn us off. Why? We ain't mad enough. We, we you know, we ain't fussing. We ain't, we ain't protesting. We ain't out. Why ain't y'all out? Why you ain't protesting? Why you're not this? Why you're not that? Well, there's more than one way to do a thing. There's, there's more one way than to address a thing. I, I told somebody, I said, why would I do certain things when, uh, out in the public when I can pick up the phone and call the people who are in power? And so they're, they're, they're just because you're not doing something all out in the open don't mean you're not doing anything. You can be more effective behind the scenes than on the scene at any day. So let the people who are on the scene be on the scene. Let the people who are behind the scenes be behind the scenes. Let the people who address it from a kingdom perspective, address it from a kingdom perspective. Let the people who address it from a legislative perspective, address it from a legislative perspective, understanding we've got to bring these things together to have the balance we need. Mm -hmm. And so with this white and black thing and not just right and wrong thing, then we only see it if you're going to see it in color you will only see white and wrong. Mm -hmm. You don't see right and wrong, or you will only see black and wrong. You won't see right and wrong. Take the skin off of the situations and address what is right and wrong about it. Yeah. And so that to me has been the, the, the lack of balance from a, the body of Christ in addressing these things. Because you got to bring the word if you're going to address right and wrong. Now, the whole systemic racism thing, because I want to deal with this. We might take just a minute, a little longer on this broadcast, because I want to talk about America and systemic racism in America and and America as a racist nation and all of those things. Because, see, out of that one situation was all of this now. Out. You know, I mean, now all of this about a whole thing about America. So we want to just pull down statues. We want to erase things. We want to talk about all the way back in 1700. So now <laughs> I don't know how we got there in 2020, but 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 now. So talk about the balance of dealing with America founded in racism versus where we are today in dealing with the right perspective of how Christ would speak to that issue. I think the first thing we have to do is we have to come out of emotion and we have to actually think and research and learn because, you know, it's, it's, it's like that old statement. It goes, it's not the things we don't know that give us trouble. It's the things we do know that, that aren't so that so much dominates the discussion of race in America. That are things that are mythological. They're not even true. When you go back and you read history, you find that many of these things are just not so. Now, some of them are. And America has had its share of sins, no doubt about that. But the question is always in our analysis. The question is always as compared 
to where? That is always my question. And nobody likes to answer that question because it's not a, it's, it, it's a question that doesn't give people a lot of uh, room to blame. Because when you ask, as compared to where? Uh, because one of the things that I find, you know, and I talk, I talk about these things a lot of times with my wife, one of the things I find very peculiar about when we judge America, and like I said, America's had its sins, but this is something very peculiar about us, is that we judge every other country and we compare it to America. But we compare America to a utopia. America never gets compared to other places. <laughs> it always gets compared to an abstraction like this. We, we need to be we, we need to be evolving to this higher place of being. And, and that's that's OK to have a, a very high ideal. But in this country, uh, people have to deal with the fact that in the midst of all of its sins, in the midst of all of its era, in the midst of all that has happened in the United States of America and its history, um, you won't find a nation that has dealt more deliberately and matter-of-factly with its past concerning slavery and racism than the United States of America. And that's just an evidenced fact. Mm -hmm. um, people, people treat slavery almost as though it was made in the USA. Uh, when slavery was practiced for thousands of years, you know, I was I was reading Thomas Sowell, a great historian, great economist, one of the most preeminent intellectual figures of the 20th century, to be quite honest. Um, he was writing about these things and he was talking about how he asked this very profound question. He said, people have to ask themselves, since Jesus Sermon on the Mount, why is it that all the way up to the 18th century? There is literally zero scholarly report on any type of denunciation of slavery anywhere. And slavery was being practiced the entire time. But yet there is no one denouncing it. No one's no one trying to stamp it out. It is just an accepted practice globally around the world. But yet in the 18th century in Britain, idea, you know, ironically, the West, uh, who was at the time in Europe, the leader in, in slave trade, they changed their mind. They had a change of heart. They begin to come under pressure from men like William Wilberforce and other believers begin to preach and say, this isn't right. We can't we can't continue with this. It began to come under pressure. Um, it, uh, you know, politically as well. And so Britain then went about, you know, eradicating slavery in Britain and then doing it all around the world and even in the colonies, attempting to do it even in the colonies here in the United States of America. And so you have this, this narrative that it's like white people have been, and this is, this is important for balance, that white people have been the guilty and only guilty ones when it comes to racism, slavery, and the like. But it is exactly <laughs> the opposite that almost every spot of earth like has enslaved like for the technology existed for people to be shipped in mass in ships across the Atlantic Ocean. I mean, people, people act as though ships were just kind of, you know, that was, that was a more recent um, innovation in human history. And so you've had race, you've had you've had slavery practice all over the world within races. You've had slavery practice all over the world, cross-racially, but it was only in the West where white people decided this has got to stop. And when they decided it had to stop, they were met with opposition by Arabs, by Africans, and by everybody in the East. <laughs> and so it's this real. It, it's it's a, such a powerful thing. And that's why I talked about narrative because these winds of narratives have the ability seemingly to trump truth, to overcome reason, to overcome the actual facts of history. And so what we should do as believers in dealing with all of these issues around race is to say, look, if we believe in a creator God, 
that created all mankind, then we then believe in the brotherhood of all mankind, irregardless of your color of skin. And if we believe in the brotherhood of all mankind, then we believe in this thing called racism. It is a sin, right? And if it is a sin, it is a sin that should be treated as other sins. It has only one cure, right? Right. You can't, you can't legislate it. You can't do anything politically with it. You can't tear down enough statues. You can't try to rewrite and reinvent the United States of America and reshape it and remold it in some new vision you have. The only way to deal with something that is a sin is to bring it to the Savior. Yeah. Now, now if, you, if we're not going to start there, if we're not going to handle it in that way and recognize that there is not... Bro, I'm telling you, I, I don't have time, of course, on, on this particular uh, podcast to do it like this. But I'm telling you, there is not a spot of turf. If we were to, you, you take, for example, the new narrative about reparations. If we were to have a line for reparations, who's going to do the repairing? That's how inhumane we've been. I, I remember back in 2008 when the United States of America, it was in, in 08 or 09, the United States of America issued a formal apology to, to us as black Americans for the practice of slavery in our nation. Well, then there was a, 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 an article, I think in the Guardian uh, that was published by someone in Africa, an African journalist who said, well, maybe it's time for Africa to apologize as well. <laughs> and, and of course that article sunk without a trace. Nobody right. wanted to hear that. Why? Because it doesn't, it's not in the wind of the narrative, right? But if we are to examine history, if we were to see it the way it, it really played out, it is not black and white. It is far more complex. It is far more sophisticated. It is far more nuanced when it comes to race. And everybody has been guilty of being inhumane to one another. And so in the United States of America, well, we've tried to deal with it and we've tried to handle it the best we could. And in some cases, not so good. Let's just be honest about it but it's no different than any other nation. So ultimately, what should we do? How should we live now? We should realize that this sin of racism has to be brought to the only place it can be cured, and that's to the Savior. That if Jesus and what he offers to us in the way of reconciliation, in the way of unity, in the way of unification, if that's not enough for us, then nothing else ever will be. And so as a child of God and as a preacher of the gospel, this is why you won't see me angry because I know where the answer is. The answer is found in the kingdom. The answer is found in him. And if you're not willing to go there, you're just going to subject yourself to Satan's ability to reinvent it periodically throughout our nation's history. And that's why you will feel like, oh, we're in the 60s in the year 2020, because he will continue to reinvent the same grievance, the same issues, the same thoughts, and blow the same wind of doctrine and narrative to get us into extreme responses when life is far more sophisticated. You know, my, my wife was saying something to me the other day, and she was talking about all that's going on on the news and all that you see and and the media constantly shows you everything possibly. If it's divisive, they're going to show it. <laughs> that's just that's just how the media works. Right. And she was she was saying to me, you know, but I went to work today and I was just she said, I just sat down in there and noticed I was sitting in the room talking to people of another race. And we were just in there having a casual conversation and we were talking about all kinds of things. That life is actually happening apart from what is being shown us. That right. Twitter is not the world. Facebook is not the world. The media is not the world. Right. People, there is complexity and there is diversity and people are moving about living their lives because they recognize when a wind of a narrative is blowing to achieve an end. We're tearing down statues now. This all started with a man needlessly, senselessly losing his life in police custody, right? That's where it started. But we're tearing down statues. We've burned down businesses. We have cost 
millions of dollars in damage. We are seeing people accosted and shot and killed. We've lost lives all over cities, all over the United States of America. And we're there, brother, though. And here, here's the thing where I, I part ways with a lot of people. We're there, though, because that's where this was all intended to be in the first place. That at the end of the day, we couldn't stay with police brutality because police brutality was just the Trojan horse. Because there are powers at work in this nation that want to bring the United States and Western civilization and its values to its knees. Yeah. That is the bottom line truth. And if the church of Jesus Christ doesn't wake up and realize, of course, we're kingdom citizens. We're not just citizens of the West or of America. We're of a higher order. We're kingdom citizens. But if we don't recognize that as salt and light in the earth, if we don't stand up and speak up to preserve the values that are congruent with kingdom values in this nation, we're going to see the last great stand on earth toppled because that is the end game. That is the desire. You must knock America off its perch in order to get done the things that those in this world who seek power and have ambition want to do. And that's why we, we see these things proliferating and, and blowing up. And like somebody asked me, it was like, man, it's like, did you ever think it would get this bad? And I was like, this was the plan to me. This is the plan all along. It is to use grievance. It is to use the heartache and the pain of a community watching somebody senselessly die to then move the narrative in over the top of that grief so that nobody really resists it. And then you can then begin to attack the values of Western civilization. And the church has got to wake up to this much bigger narrative that's going on in this world, that it is not about just race. race. There, is, there are powers at play in the world that are aiming to topple this nation and also also to topple the Judeo-Christian ethic. People don't think that these things, you know, they're tearing down statues today. They're coming for your sermons tomorrow, if allowed. This is real, this is reality. That's already been tried. Oh, it's it, it's coming. If, if this is allowed, it's coming. They're coming for it all. They're coming for Western values of family and faith, and they want to topple it. And that's why you see these this irrationality that is going on where people are people are out in the street pulling people out of their vehicles, innocent people. And we're sitting around uh, acting as though, well, you know, people are just angry. These people aren't angry. These people have a sinister plot and plan by which to topple Western civilization. And we had better take a very strong consideration as kingdom citizens of, you wanna talk about silence being complicit? Our silence to stand up for values that we know are absolutely gods. That is the real complicence that we need to deal with in our day and age. The church has got to open its mouth and find wow. the backbone again. Now, so I, I love it. I love it because your voice deserves to be heard just like anybody else's. And until we can get to this point in the kingdom and in this nation, to where it's not this or that, it's this and that. Absolutely. And be able to listen to a, a plethora and a panoramic view of voices that give a perspective of how Christ would approach this from dealing with just the racial issue to dealing with the American issue to just dealing with the spirit of this age and the spirit of Antichrist that we see that yes. has totally this moved long away from George Floyd a long time ago. Oh my God. Um, after a couple of days, it moved away from him on to these other things that we see in this nation that nobody can refute. And so uh, I love it. I love, I love the, uh, the fact that, that this aside of what I call the balanced approach that you just don't hear much. No. Because people feel like if I start talking like that, I'm negating the other stuff. And we've got to be in the body of Christ, you know, mature enough to say no, just because you're saying this 
And that doesn't mean you're counseling this or that. No, it's just that we need a full kingdom perspective on it and a full kingdom conversation on it so that we can really fix what the enemy is trying to do in our nation and in the earth. So listen, we're out of time, man. We we normally don't go out. But but we and I let you talk for most of it because I was mesmerized. (laughs) Let let me let me say something real quick before we Uh jump off, because I I like what you said about how people say when you say this, then that means you're not for that. And uh, I have been talking my wife and I, of course, we do our podcast for years about the necessity of reform in policing. But one of the problems I think we as African-American people get into is we allow this to be a segregated issue. We need to desegregate the idea of police reform because for every George Floyd, there's a Tony Temper. For every Tamir Rice, there's a Daniel Shaver. There's for 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 every 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 person for Philando Castile, there's a Dylan Noble. And, And I'm naming white people who died in very similar manners to those that I just named. Right. That you never heard a single peep about in the media because it doesn't. It doesn't go with the wind of the narrative. Wow. <laughs> they, it doesn't Bad. fit the wind. And and that's just three of them. There, there's case after case after case after case. I mean, I was just reading the case of a of a of a white lady who was killed in a police demonstration by a cop who didn't use blanks in his gun. He didn't even check, he shot the woman and she died, and the family's seeking for justice, and they're in a in a in a court battle with the police. And so there is a need for police reform. But sometimes I think we take a very ineffective approach when we segregate the, the, the issue, when we make it black and white, when we need to make it what is wrong or right, but just like you said, and begin to approach this from the perspective that, okay, as uniformly, do we see something setting into the police structure that needs to be addressed? Absolutely. Well, why can't we come together and address this issue? and not segregate it, you know? And I, and I think that makes us, it undermines our efforts because we, we have a big blow up and there's a lot of emotion and everything and then we're on to something else. <laughs> but when wow. we come together and we decide to say, you know what, we're going to unite ourselves because I would think that when you put these cases together, you make a stronger case for yourself to get the police reforms necessary to where we can feel safer because I'm not against police. I love police. I, I thank God. I, I, I've often told people, I find it hard to sit back and criticize a people who run toward things that we're prone to run from. Whenever you have an occupation where people are going into uh, harm's way, it's very hard for me to Monday morning quarterback how they should have responded. But at the same time, the numbers are bearing out that there's far too many people dying and sometimes senselessly and needlessly in their interactions with the police. But it's not just a police on black people thing. It is happening across the board. And we need to come together and desegregate that issue. And I think we would get much further if people would come together for what is right, not what yeah. is black or white, what is wrong or right. Because see, that's when you're in the kingdom. That's when you have a righteous wind at your back for what you're trying to accomplish. But when you put it in racial terms and you become divisive, vitriolic, and you start demonizing whole institutions, saying all cops are all white people are all black people. Well, now, see, you stepped out of the kingdom (laughs) and you stepped over into your own preferences and you stepped over into your carnality. And there is nothing that is going to support you of a divine nature to get those things done. See, this is why Dr. King was so effective. They kept it as much as they possibly could congruent with kingdom values from the way they dressed in their protest to the fact that they were nonviolent. I mean, I was listening to a civil rights veteran talk about the fact that they dressed up on purpose when they protested because they wanted to show an excellence that was a contradiction to the hate that they were experiencing. Now, think about that. Wow. I mean, you think of those things. And so... These are things that we have to really reconsider our approach because I understand the hurt, the feelings, the pain, and the need for reforms. But I think we would be better served by desegregating the issue 
and coming together about these things. And I think that's where the church has to take the lead in doing so. We need to desegregate, period. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> on every issue and come no together doubt. on every issue. No and, it, and so it's not when somebody white kills somebody black. It's when somebody white dies, the church yes. needs to come together. And that, now that's a whole nother conversation because as African-American people, if, if we're not careful, we will be we will we will get to a point where we only care if it happens to us. And you can't be Christ like like that. Oh, you, no. You're supposed to care if it happens, period. That's right. And that's the Jesus model that we're going to have to shift people into that. This is about everybody and everything. This is about yes. all right, all wrong, no matter who does it. This is about more things than just police brutality. We've got so many other things we need to address as the body of Christ in the earth that's going to take the body coming together to do it. And we're divided on so many fronts that, that maybe we'll talk about that next time, uh, how to bring the balance of bringing these things together. Because if we ever really got together man, and function as the body of Christ, on all of these issues, we can yeah. get the situation dealt yeah. with. But anyway, listen, bro, you were amazing. Um, I learned a lot listening to you today. Oh, man. And everything that everybody else has heard and you talked about or maybe you wanted to do. Just add this conversation to it. See, you got to you got to have you got to be open to hearing it all. Yeah. This and that yes, you do not just this or that that's what's got us here that's and right. so amazing perspectives amazing kingdom conversation share this um because there are a lot of people that agree exactly with a lot of the things that you said it's just that that particular perspective is not it doesn't get a lot of attention so um share it share it y'all share it on your facebook pages and, and get it out there because we need to hear all of these conversations to get to the wisdom of god and the multitude of counselors their safety so bro you be blessed man y'all be safe get back you yes, a couple of weeks left me down here on my own but i'm ready <laughs> i'll be preaching the gospel y'all be blessed and all those that are watching have a amazing fourth of july and um and and that's another thing we're going to talk about as the time goes on you know america has had its issues but boy if you've ever traveled around the world there on, is man. no place like Come america on. And there, and you cannot question that God has put his hand on this nation. And so um, as the 4th of July comes and all that, celebrate America. It's, it needs fixing and we're going to fix it in areas. But there's so much about this great nation um, that, you know, Christians are being persecuted all around the world. Can't even preach, can't even teach. But we can do this right in the middle of the day in America. And so Sir. that's something to be grateful and thankful for <laughs> while it lasts. <laughs> if if <Dang>. we don't, <laughs> if we don't if we don't stay on post <laughs> while it lasts. And so um y'all have a great weekend, have fun, eat some barbecue, do, <laughs> do what you need to do. Be blessed. We'll see y'all next time on Kingdom Conversation. I pray you were blessed by today's podcast. Take a moment and subscribe to it and review it and share it with someone else so that we can stay connected.